when uranium decays and the radon gas is released into the soil, it can get into the home around any openings in the home. So for example, the way the slab in the basement is poured next to the foundation, it can creep in around joints and gaps in plumbing, and it can even get in through the groundwater itself. Hi, I'm Jason Scott, and this is the latest episode of I Love Edmonton Real Estate.com. My guests today are Kelly Dan and Craig Pilgrim of Remax Elite. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having us. So I wanted to talk about a big issue that's been around in Alberta for a long time, uh, but no one's really talked about it before, and that's the whole issue of radon gas and what radon gas can do to people's health. Can you uh, explain a little bit of what the concern is about? Sure. Radon gas is quite prevalent in Alberta, uh, in parts of Alberta. It's been shown to be certainly in our marketplace, and radon gas generally doesn't pose a problem because it dissipates quite quickly in air. But because of the way we live in our homes, locked up over the colder seasons, and because of the way we build our homes, radon gas can be concentrated into our homes and create higher levels of radon gas that can then result in health concerns such as lung cancer. Okay, so my understanding is radon gas, well, first of all, it's odorless. You can't see it. So you don't know it's there unless you're doing testing. And it's basically the result of uranium decaying. Is that right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the uranium is found in the soil. So, you know, when you're building your home and, and your foundation walls are up against dirt, obviously, that's where one of the potential entrances for radon gas into your home is, right? Yeah, it's been shown that radon, when uranium decays and the radon gas is released into the soil... It can get into the home around any openings in the home. So, for example, the way the slab in the basement is poured next to the foundation, it can creep in around joints and gaps in plumbing, and it can even get in through the groundwater itself. Okay. So, like, if you had a crack in your foundation, you're not crack aware in the of? foundation, yeah. And then I guess, especially with newer homes, because homes are more energy efficient these days, they're tighter sealed, etc., you potentially run into the risk of... Uh, buildup in the homes. That's right, especially in the winter months, the colder seasons when the homes are sealed up nice and tight. So the issue is in the older homes, we don't tend to have any issues, homes from the 40s and 50s, because they are so not airtight, they're yeah, so yeah. drafty that it's easy breezy and there tends to be enough air exchange. In newer homes that have HRVs in them, for example, there are some studies that indicate HRVs will remediate radon. What's an HRV, sorry? Heat recovery ventilation system. Okay. So those turn over the air in the home a certain, because the homes are airtight, that was a, a health concern. Mm -hmm. So those do turn over the air. So the jury's still out for sure as to whether or not those do or do not. They okay. call HRVs the lungs of the home. Okay. Yeah. So it exchanges air from outside to inside and vice versa. Yes. yes. Okay. So the theory is that by changing the air over, that that would mitigate any concentrating radon in the home. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're talking about is probably homes sort of the 60s to the early 2000s that are not airtight, but not as drafty as the older homes. Okay. And I would imagine if you're looking at a house, you're more likely to get concentration in a basement than say a second floor bedroom, right? Typically. In fact, the test kits that are out there, the long-term test kits, what they um, indicate as the spot to do the testing is in the lowest part of the home that is routinely 
inhabited. So, for example, basement bedrooms or perhaps family rooms where your kids spend a bunch of time, those types of things. Gotcha. Okay. And so the concern around radon is, I mean, it's essentially radioactive and it will create lung cancer. My understanding is it's the second most common cause of lung cancer in Canada, basically only behind smoking. Is that correct? Yeah, the information that we received last year. So radon came to the fore in our industry last year to the point where it was actually the mandatory continuing education requirement for licensed industry members last year. And part of what we learned and the Canadian Real Estate Association has a home owner's guide to radon is that it is second only to lung cancer and that approximately 16% of Canadians develop lung cancer as a result of concentrated radon exposure in their homes. Okay. So now as realtors, what are you doing uh, in terms of educating your clients on it? So it's just become an issue. So we are reaching back to our past clients. We've opted to go back as far as call it five to six years for as long as Kelly and I have been working together because that's a lot of homeowners and a lot of people we've worked with historically. And we are reaching out to them asking to get together, explaining to them what radon is and why it's a concern. And we've actually purchased the test kits and we're providing testing for our past clients so that they can make sure, number one, that their family's health is protected. And number two, that the health of their real estate investment is protected. And so much as knowing whether they do or do not have higher concentration of radon may indicate whether or not they have a defect in the home. Okay. So let's say I'm a client, I'm a buyer, and I'm going out to buy a, you know, a single family home. What should I be looking for? How do I know whether or not this house that I'm interested in is potentially an issue when it comes to radon gas? The only way you can find out is to have your realtor, your industry member, your advisor, ask the selling agent if the sellers have in fact had the home tested by long-term testing. Uh, Radon was in the news and there was a big fuss about digital testing and short-term testing and health, I think it was Health Canada came out two weeks ago or three weeks ago and said the only test that they understand to be at all accurate is the long-term test. That is a test that is being done longer than 90 days. Right, okay. Because presumably, you know, again, depending on the season, you may or may not have more airflow going through your house. So summertime, you have your windows open. Obviously, the gas is dissipating less of an issue than, you know, it's January and minus 30 and everything's sealed up tight. Yeah, that's likely part of it, that. And of course, the test method itself, they are these little, they call them dosimeters, these little, I don't know, they almost look like dishwasher pucks in terms of their size and whatever it is that goes on in those pucks in terms of how they capture and test it's a limitation of that testing. It takes at least 90 days to mm-hmm. accurately reflect the concentration in the home. Okay. So RECA, which is the Real Estate Council of Alberta, they've come out with professional guidelines on how to approach things for realtors? Or? Yeah, they have provided bulletins to industry members, and they have provided us with checklists that we can then either present to our home sellers, our clients who are about to sell a home, mm-hmm. so that we can discuss with them radon gas and why it may or may not be an issue in their home and how that may come up during a successful sale of their home. And then we also have a similar checklist for buyers in terms of how to, for example, in your proposed scenario, how to deal with that if we were helping you buy. 
Okay. So let's start with the selling side, right? So, you know, in a purchase contract, you're supposed to disclose any material latent defects. Any known material latent defects. Right. So would this be mandatory for the testing to happen? No. It's a great question. And it's going to be, I think, a bit of a challenge for the industry and for homeowners during these early days because a skilled and experienced industry member will have advised their seller on what their obligations are. The seller, if they have not tested the home and are not prepared to test the home, then they don't have a known latent defect. They have no knowledge of what the radon levels are or are not in their home. Mm -hmm. The only way they're going to know is if they, in fact, conduct a test. Right. If they do proceed with a test and they determine that they have what are determined unsafe levels, they now have a latent defect and they would have to pursue those options as it relates to selling the home. Either disclose the defect and hope that a buyer will deal with it or deal with and mitigate the defect and then disclose the fact that there was a defect and it's been addressed. But if the seller isn't prepared to deal with it and is not aware of the defect, then they would just carry on trying to sell the home and it may only become an issue if the buyer's agent brings it up. So if a buyer's agent or a buyer isn't aware that's a potential problem and the seller is choosing or doesn't know that it's a potential issue. Life goes on as it currently, or was, as it, as it previously been. was, and you know everyone stays in the dark, as it were. And no one's the wiser. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole, I don't want to go to my doctor for fear of what I might find out. Right. So if I don't go, I must be healthy. Right. Okay. So if I'm a buyer then, I mean, like, are you recommending to all your buyers that they start asking about the tests? I don't know that recommending is the right word. What we are doing is we are bringing to their attention that they need to be aware of radon as it relates to their health in the home should they pursue that home for a purchase. So it is a health issue. And we do bring it up in terms of how it may later become a defect in the home, depending on how this matter evolves in the industry. What we wind up doing with our buyers is we simply say, hey, this is an issue. One of the ways you can deal with this is you can ask the sellers if they have done testing. If they have not done the testing, ask them to proceed with the testing. And then depending on the outcome, mitigate higher concentrations if that's the case. Right. That's an option. But the seller may say, no, if you want to test for radon, that's on you, just like your home inspection. Right. Okay. And this hasn't played out yet. That's interesting because this went into effect about three or four months ago, right? Well, we look at October 2019 as sort of the date, the time in the calendar that it became quote unquote a thing. And the only reason for that is because it was the relicensing requirement for 2020. And that course had to have been completed by September 30th of 2019. So we're using October 1st as sort of the date it became a thing. But I mean, we really became aware of it last year. Okay. So, Kelly, if I'm a buyer and I want to buy that house down the street and the people haven't done the testing, but I want to know before I sign on the dotted line, I mean, I can see how this would potentially really slow down transactions mm -hmm. and the timeline of a transaction. So, if my buyer wants to purchase that home and it's important to them that they, is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, for that sure. Want, so, we would... I guess, A, um, approach the seller and ask if they would test for us on our behalf. I guess depending, I mean, 
it takes three months, at least 90 days for it to be tested. It's kind of a good question because what happens if you're buying a house in early spring and the house isn't shut down or closed up until October, November? So what we've been discussing possibly is getting the seller to test. And then when the time, if our clients have even moved into the home by then and they still have the the radon puck in the home, get that tested, we might have to, I guess, potentially see if we can do a holdback. And the holdback is? Is in case, if the concentration levels come in over a certain amount, Mm -hmm. then it's going to need to be remedied. Mm -hmm. And we would want the seller to pay for that. So we would possibly do a holdback of, I don't know, $2,500 to $3,000 is what we've been told Mm -hmm. It could cost up to. Okay, so let's say you discover you have a house that has a, an issue with radon gas. How do you go about solving the problem after the fact? So in the typical home, there are two methods that the Canadian Real Estate Association has published in their guide for homeowners. The one that we're hoping is the alternative approach, which is the heat recovery ventilation system that we've talked about. And we're working with a large HVAC company here in Edmonton to they are in the process of reaching out to the manufacturers of the HRVs they sell to confirm that in fact those do in fact suffice to remediate high levels of radon in the homes. So we're waiting for that to happen. If that's the case, that seems like it's probably the most viable solution because it would not only take care of the radon problem, but it would have the added benefit of providing a more balanced air in the home healthier air in the home and HRVs themselves tend to serve as reducers of heating costs because of the distribution of heat. So, right. so there's some pluses to be had there. The other method that they talk about is this sub slab depressurization system where they install some piping under the slab. They connect it to what amounts to an extraction fan, not unlike a bathroom vent fan. And the idea then is the piping collects the gas, the fan draws the gas and it exhausts it outside. That seems to me that would be the more expensive of the two options, right? You're busting up your floor. That would be my guess, is that would be more expensive. And then there's a third method that we don't talk a lot about, but it's intended for those homes that have crawl spaces with dirt in the crawl space. Gotcha. So, And that's not something we really have to worry about too much. It's another, another approach where they use poly over the dirt and they have an exhaust fan and so on. But I don't think that's going to be much of an issue because we don't have a ton of homes in our marketplace. Right. Yeah, most of our homes would have most have a proper foundation. Yeah. You can go into to certain neighborhoods in in central Edmonton, you know, Calder and some of those other areas where there are so-called basementless bungalows. They have right. crawl spaces and so on. But right, okay. If I'm living on like the fourth or tenth or twentieth floor of a, a condo, obviously this is far less of an issue if it's even an issue, right? That's actually what we thought. We thought. Most condos don't have basements, most. Mm -hmm. Um, Some do, but most do not. They don't have below-grade residences. Mm -hmm. And that tends to pool in the lowest level, which might be the parkade, but parkades are ventilated. But we were speaking with our broker about this last week, and he's aware of several condo corporations that are actually undertaking studies in their buildings of radon and talking about possibly putting in systems to mitigate the risk of radon in the buildings. Hmm. So I think time will tell. That's interesting. Nice. You would have thought with enough barriers of like different levels of a building between you, you'd be okay. Yeah. I think it, that particular circumstance kind of reflects the fear that exists in the sense that people aren't sure, mm-hmm. but there's enough facts out there to say, geez, we should really be doing something more about this because it is a big deal. 
Yeah, and just to put it in context, radon, so I mean, in terms of a cancer-causing agent, it kind of ranks up there with mustard gas, tobacco, benzene, asbestos, in terms of the category of uh, carcinogen they, they classify it. Yeah, and I think what's disturbing about it, or I guess most disturbing to me about it, is the visual that comes with this idea that particles of radon go into my lung tissue and they continue to deteriorate. And as they deteriorate, they give all these little blasts of radiation that are way more significant than a dental x-ray. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of scary to think that's happening while you're sleeping. Yeah, I mean, one of the facts that or stats that I read was that in Alberta, one person a day is diagnosed with lung cancer that's been caused by radon. So, you know, it's 365 people a year kind of thing. That's not insignificant. No, and there's a resource that people can go check out. There was a a doctor, a researcher out of the University of Calgary brought this into the fore, I guess. It was about 15 years ago or so. They did the study. They were looking at why on earth were there so many incidences of cancer, lung cancer, that were in people who were non-smokers, and didn't have any of the typical industrial exposures like, say, asbestos or what have you. Why were there such high levels of lung cancer? And so it's quite interesting to watch the 20-minute TED Talk that he did. I think it was in 2018. You can find it on YouTube and the TED channel about radon gas. And it's quite interesting. It's quite fascinating. It's quite scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have an idea or a sense of, like, how many homes, like what percentage of homes in Edmonton might be exposed to this? I mean, I've, I've read stats about Calgary where they're saying maybe one in eight, and in rural Alberta, maybe one in six homes. Um, no idea. Yeah. Absolutely no idea because there hasn't been enough testing yet. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a map that's been published by Health Canada and some of the radon testers that tend to suggest that the concentrations almost sort of mirroring the Rocky Mountains up to BC on our side, the Alberta side, seems to be this higher concentration, this swath. That's how the map tends to be drawn out. Okay. So the farther north you go, the higher the concentration? No, not so much farther north. The closer you follow that band of the Rockies. Oh, I see. From the northwest corner of the province down to the southeast corner of the province. It's sort of a swoop through there. But apparently there's not been enough testing to prove that. That's just kind of how they... Based on the random sampling that's been done across North America, that's kind of how it seems to map out. Mm -hmm. We're hearing from others in our industry where, so as an example, in the course that we took last year, they use a a reference level of anything less than 150 BQs is considered safe. Anything over 200 BQs requires remediation. And in the course that we took, I think they were talking about levels of six, seven, 800 BQs. Mm We're hearing instances of 16 to 18 to 2400 BQs in parts of Edmonton. Interesting. Okay. Because one of the uh, materials that I checked out when I was doing research for this is, as an example, you know, the 3200 BQs is like having 16,000 dental exams or x-rays a year, right? So crazy levels of exposure. Absolutely. And they make you wear a lead vest when you get a dental x-ray. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, Kelly, um, where can people get the tests? So you can get them at any kind of Home Depot, Lowe's, any, I guess, hardware store. Mm-hmm. They run anywhere from about what, 30 to 50 bucks. That's the little hockey puck kind yes. of thing? Yes, yeah. yeah. we call them thing. radon pucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And is the testing of that little device included in that 30 or $50? 
Yes, and you have to send it off to get tested, I believe, right? Yeah, all the testing kits that we looked into, including the ones, so we purchased ours through a company called AccuStart Canada mm -hmm. out of somewhere in Ontario or Quebec? In Quebec. In yeah. Quebec. Yeah. And so when we bought our 100, they sent them to us with the envelopes and the forms and all the stuff yeah. to send back for testing. Mm -hmm. What we learned during the investigative process in terms of ordering the pucks and how to do it is there currently isn't anyone in Canada who actually does the testing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to send all of our clients' test pucks back to Quebec, and then they're going to ship them, I think it's into Boston, Massachusetts, where they do the testing, and then the results are supposed to come back within five days. Oh, so it's a pretty quick process once you get through the 90-plus days. Once you get through the 90, it's the a quick test. turnaround for the yeah. result, that's right. Gotcha. Okay. Is there anything that you'd like to mention that we haven't already talked about regarding radon and potential exposures? I think I would just encourage anybody who's listening to just do their homework, watch the TED Talk that I've referenced earlier um, in your podcast. It's easy to find and form your own conclusions about it and ask your representative, your realtor, about what you should do and how you should do it to protect your family's health and your investment. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yep. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason.